Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 21, Praying for Others, How to Pray for Your Nation. So one, more, one more heading tonight. This is Lesson 21 out of the book. Uh, and it, our heading has been Praying for Others. Uh, and in our last few Wednesday nights together, we have... Uh, just talked about praying for the sick. Those are certainly others we need to pray for. Our list is full tonight. Uh, secondly, we pray for our family. We need to lift up our families in prayer for protection and for God's grace and blessing. Uh, we also uh, talked about praying for your pastor uh, or pastors uh, in the plural uh, as uh, you lift them up as leaders of the church. And I thank you for that encouragement that came to all of your pastors through that uh, lesson. I, I've gotten several notes and calls and emails, and I thank you for those. And then also last week we talked about praying for your church. Well, tonight we're going to wind up by talking about praying for your nation. Uh, now let me say that while this is the, le- the end of the lessons, I'm hoping to pull together some of the stuff that we've learned to lead us in prayer time in the next few meetings, two or three meetings. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, the, the, you don't want to ever say, we're going to have a study on prayer and then not pray. Amen? <laughs> That's kind of self-defeating. That doesn't work. So I'd like to take some of the nuggets out of what we've gone over uh, in these studies and let those little nuggets lead us uh, in weeks to come. I'm, I, not uh, Two or three weeks or so, I think, is what we'll look at. Then I've got another study. I think we're going to move on into uh, the Old Testament names of God. Uh, as we study. I I did that study way back in like the 80s or early 90s, uh, and I'm going to kind of use the skeleton but renew myself through that study. It's a good study for me as well. But tonight, Lesson 21, How to Pray for Our Nation. America needs prayer today. I know you say would have said amen to that. Uh, You know, we, we say right now, And I believe it's true. We need prayer more now than we ever have. And yet we look back into the history of our nation. This nation has needed prayer throughout its history. But think about those pivotal moments like the Civil War. Uh, Those moments like uh, the declaration of World War II. Or uh, or, um, um, the Depression is what I'm trying to think of. The, the, those years that, that was, were so lean for so many people uh, in our country. My mother and father were children of the Depression and, and told me some, some of the stories of how hard it was. And yet they said, we really didn't know how hard it was because everybody was going through the same thing. We were all in the same boat, so it didn't seem as hard as you may have thought. Uh, so today, we know that, that the nation has gone through challenging moments throughout our years of history and our nation has been a prayerful nation uh, and, and in so many of those years I believe our nation has been a Christian nation but in its, in its form today I don't think we can call America a Christian nation anymore. Uh, in fact there is a, a, a new study that just came out that says that uh, somewhere between 45 and less than 50% of people even attend church anymore. 
Uh, so less than half of our nation attends church on occasion. I don't have a statistic as to how many are regular attenders, but there's a less percentage there than those who attend on occasion. So we don't really live in a Christian nation anymore. So while we've had people on their knees in the pivotal moments of our society and in the challenging moments of our American history, right now we have fewer people on their knees in these pivotal moments, and especially in what we're going through today. So as we look at our nation today, we see division rather than overall harmony. Uh, we have groups who are calling for special recognition out over and above all the rest of the people of our nation. Uh, we seem to disagree on just about every aspect of society anymore. Uh, how sad that is. From law enforcement to constitutional rights to social care systems to uh, how to deal with uh, Sicknesses like this pandemic, you know, this pandemic has gone a long, long way in driving a lot of wedges in our society. Uh, and, and we know that's true. We live in a sea of disagreement. Uh, we live in unrest in these days. We live in division. Let me ask you, can you feel that? You can feel it uh, in, in our fabric of our society. Uh, you know, even to the point of removing the statues of our history. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get off on a diatribe about that. We don't need a long discussion about that. But just I don't know why we feel like we need to erase our history in order to move to the future. In fact, our history should inform our future. But that being said, there's so much unrest among us. So how do we pray for our country locally, uh, our state, our nation? Um, well, one of the one of the movements of the past gave us some heading in that direction in that we do have a national day of prayer. Uh, that came from the beginning of that was in 1952. President Harry Truman uh, called the nation uh, signing into law a day of national prayer. 1988, Ronald Reagan uh, solidified that law, uh, amending it so that the House of Representatives and the Senate would unanimously recommend that it was the first Thursday of May would be the National Day of Prayer. So that points us in a direction that we want to preserve prayer. Uh, in fact, just for your information, the next one is May 5th, 2022. Uh, the theme of it, I looked it up, is Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, exalt the Lord who has established us. I do believe we were established by the Lord. Uh, but I also believe that, that as a whole, our societies walk far, far away from him in so many ways. Uh, <clears throat> here's just a little quote from the book. America is broken. Division is undeniable. Racial tension is alarming. Lawlessness abounds. Reconciliation appears impossible. The government cannot fix us. And that's the truth. The government cannot fix us. Politics will not heal us. America needs God now more than it ever has in any other time of our generation. So, tonight I'm just going to briefly give you ten ways that we should pray for our nation. And maybe tonight we can begin uh, this series of ten ways praying for our country. Uh, first, 
If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you the 10, just kind of a laundry list right down. Number one, pray for the United States to experience a nationwide revival. We need a revival resulting in millions coming to the Savior. Now, you know, America has had, as we look in our history, America has had great uh, moves of God. In the 1730s, 1740s, uh, when we had 13 colonies in America, uh, Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield led a national revival. It was called the First Great Awakening. Uh, the second great awakening, the second wave of revival going through our country ran from 1790 through 1850. Sixty years of revival in our country. It was called the second great awakening. Charles Finney and Timothy Dwight led in that establishment of that revival. Sixty years. Wouldn't it be wonderful to think that we had 50, 60 years of revival ahead of us? It's past due for another revival in our, uh, in our America. Uh, amazing right now, think about the tools that we have. Think about the media that we have. Uh, again, I don't want to continue to beat this drum other than to say uh, right now, in, you're gonna, if you come to the business meeting on Sunday night, you'll hear this report about from, uh, uh, from our media right now, this press into the media, especially through uh, Facebook, and Jeff Thompson's going to give that report on Sunday night at business meeting. Uh, we started the month of September with a little over 3,000 followers, fans, in other words, people who are keeping up with the ministry of Clifford Baptist Church. In a press into other nations and in a press into uh, cities in America, we now have, in one month, over 12,000 followers. So from 3,000 to 12,000, what I'm saying to you is this little country church, churches, if, churches that preach the Lord Jesus Christ, if we use our media connection, we have a true opportunity to, to take the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nation as a whole. We have the capability to do that right now. You know, it's amazing what happened with Billy Graham's ministry throughout our nation and world. Uh, and yet his was stop by stop. Of course, he tapped into television and radio and even movies toward the end of his career uh, to, to reach the masses. But we have more opportunity and more capability immediately to do that than Billy Graham ever had. And if, if Christian churches will take on that, uh, that, that task and that ministry and that joy of tapping into the resources that are absolutely right now at our fingertips, I believe we have a true opportunity to bring America back to Jesus Christ. The minority can speak to the majority. Uh, and we need to take that on. And I, I thank you, Clifford Baptist Church. I believe that we're doing that right now. Little Country Church has the world in our vision. Now, we have to stay true to our, our home. We have to stay true to our Jerusalem right here. We need to take care of our people right here. And I don't want, to, I don't want you to think that we're ever just going to ignore home and look at the world. We want to do it all. We want to start at home, but don't stop at the, at the edge of Amherst and Nelson counties. Let's look at the world. Because the Lord's given us the capability to do that. Okay, well, that, that's point number one. I better move on or I'll keep you here till midnight. So, experience nationwide revival. First, prayer for America. Second, pray for the church in America to be revived. If the, if the country is going to be revived, the church has to be first. Uh, you know, we have to think about that, that Second Chronicles 714 
that if my people who are called by my name, if we humble ourselves, if we seek his face, uh, if we pray, if we ask him to enable us and empower us, the church can experience revival. And when the church experiences revival, then national revival can be right behind it. But nation, the nation is not be revived until the church is revived. So that's second. Pray for our church in America. Uh, pray, number three, pray for the leaders of our nation. That's pretty obvious. Pray for the leaders of our nation. Regardless of politics, we're not talking about politics here. You don't just pray for one party. Uh, you're, regardless of the power or who the president is or who the majority leader of the Senate is right now, every one of every party is subject to the power of God. And we need to pray for them. Pray for our president, our governor, who... Uh, who has, has nothing to do with party lines, doesn't have anything to do with personality. It has to do with pray for them in their position of leadership, that God will get hold of that heart and turn that life into uh, wanting to see a revival come to our nation. Uh, our leaders need to be filled with God's wisdom. Pray consistently for them. Number four, pray for our American military. Uh, we need to pray for those who are protecting our country. They put their lives on the line. And we need to pray for their families. I have a very dear friend. Uh, he and I went through seminary together. His name is Charlie Reynolds. Uh, it's kind of interesting. He and I were like tight brothers, still are. I, I love to see my, my, my friend and my brother, Charlie Reynolds. Uh, but it's interesting. God put me on a field and kept me there for 40 years God put Charlie in the military, and he didn't spend a month in any one place uh, throughout his career. He was all over the world. But I love to sit and talk with him. Uh, he grew up a pastor's son, and he grew up in a pastor's home. Uh, so he knows the pastorate as well as he knows the chaplaincy in the army. Uh, full, full, full bird colonel, so he's been all over the world. He's been in some very dangerous places. But he says that one of the most battered families in all of America is the military family. Uh, they face stresses uh, like no other family. Uh, of course, uh, uh, there's a family member who is out there in dangerous places of the world, and there's another family member who are, who's back there raising the children and keeping the home fires burning, and uh, there's a lot of conflict in those families. According to Charlie, uh, he spent much, much of his career simply in counseling soldiers. Uh, he's an army chaplain, so he spent a lot of his, uh, his uh, ministry in talking to those who are facing separation or marital problems. So pray for the marriages, the children, and the challenges that are unique to military life. Um, fifthly, this is huge. Pray for the media of our country. The media of our country sways the attitude of our country. Facebook alone sways the attitude of our country. You know, it, it shut down for, what, six hours a couple days ago, and we thought everything was going to fall apart because Facebook is gone for six hours. I think sometimes we'd be better off if it was gone completely, and at least in some ways. Uh, but uh, not just Facebook, but the entire media of our country, they set the tone and the attitude for our people. Uh, pray for the news to be broadcast in truth uh, and even-handedness. Uh, our media sways the spirit of America. So pray for our media connection in our country. Sixthly, 
Uh, pray for the businesses of America. The businesses of America, from the small mom-and-pop businesses on through the major corporations, uh, largely uh, they provide the financial base for most families of our country. So pray for the businesses of our country uh, to operate with integrity. Uh, seventh, here's another huge one. Pray for the education system of America. Uh, it, it's, the, it's, it's part of the baseline of the future of the young people of our country is the education that they get from grade school to grad school, public school to private school. Pray for the educators and the education system of our country. Uh, Ernest Moore, in fact, gave me a little wake-up call about that. Uh, some of the things that uh, you, you can find in the public school library that's wide open to our young people. Uh, we just we need to, to be involved in that. I'm, I'm so thankful that we have people who want to be involved in the education system. We live in an amazing place because there are so many Christians in our education system in this, in this area. Uh, you know, one of the most amazing things that, that, that many families maybe take for granted, I don't know, but the, in the middle school, the principal and the vice principal are Christian men. And they don't just go in there to teach children. They go in there to love those kids. Uh, and they belong to us and Kelly and Matt. We're, we're blessed to have them. And so many Christian administrators and educators and staff members throughout our church. That's one of the strong points of our church. We have that base of people here. So thankful for them. Be thankful that we live in the area we do. It's unlike a lot of our country that the education system is, is basically just lost uh, so pray for the education in America. And let me just say, let me, a little subset here, pray for the educators here uh, in our area uh, because they truly need our prayers. Uh, that, and, and pray for our students to be protected. Wherever the school is, protection on our students. Been a lot of horror stories out of our schools lately. We need to pray for them. Eighth, pray for the families of the United States of America. Pray for unity and health and godliness in our families. You know, we, we say, well, the, the, the school system is the primary teacher of our children. Some people say, I got to get my kids to the church because the church is the primary teacher of our children. But the primary teacher of our children is the family, the home. That's where the base line of, uh, of guidance and leadership. Uh, I read something, a fact years ago, and I've just never been able to shake it. Do you know when a child is five years old, he or she knows 90% of everything they will ever know? 90%. If they go on through school and get their Ph.D., at five years old, they know 90% of everything they know. They, they're getting language skills. They're getting baseline emotional reaction. So five years old, where are, the children, where are children living at up to five years old? In the home. So it's critical that families take that seriously. Uh, dysfunctional families will produce a dysfunctional society. They're just simply passing on the problems. So let's pray for our families. Let's pray for our country's families. Uh, there are so many, so many families that are broken. Uh, and we, we need to pray for our families to be healed. Praise God, Sue's prayer and praise tonight of a healed family. We need to pray for that, a mass healing like that to happen across our country uh, for the good of our families and our children. 
uh, and also that families teach biblical lifestyle and, uh, and the biblical word to our children. Uh, you know, sometimes we earn the, the name the divided states of America rather than the united states. Uh, we need to pray for a spirit of unity uh, that although we are a very, very diverse people, getting more diverse by the day, that, that we can come to a common consensus of unity, and that comes through a Savior. Uh, again, so we need to pray for the churches and for the Spirit of God in our country. And finally, tenthly, pray for the security of all the public venues of our country. Uh, you know, I, I, I just happened to see an article today about that young man that went into that church in South Carolina and killed the pastor and several, several of the, of the uh, church members during a prayer meeting of all things. Uh, it was just so interesting. Uh, that very weekend, I had a wedding of someone in, in that community, and Gwen and I were there and got to see that church. Uh, I, uh, it's, it's called Mother Emmanuel Church uh, in Charleston. Uh, and uh, it was one of Gwen's nephews. I went there to do a wedding for her, Gwen's family, and we were there that weekend after that shooting. And just very briefly, let me tell you, that church was covered in flowers from the community. But church members, and of course, Gwen and I were drawn to walk in front of the church and to pray for the church. We didn't know if we'd find a ghost town or what, but there were hundreds and hundreds of people at the front of that church praying for that church. Uh, and, and all the churches of Charleston had their doors wide open that day. Come in. Uh, even though there was a killer that came into that church, the doors were open saying, come in. The, the arms of Jesus are open to you. Uh, it was an amazing sight to see that weekend after that killing. Uh, but but the, the most amazing sight was that the, the church members of Mother Emmanuel Church were there handing out cookies and water to us, ministering to the people who were there to pray for them. It's an amazing thing. Uh, you know, God can do amazing things. I, I, I remind you, one of the things that Ronnie Floyd said in a sermon, he didn't put it in this book, but one thing I'll never forget him saying is, God can do more in a moment than you and I can do in a lifetime. And so we need to pray for those moments in our American culture for the Lord to take. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.